Hello everyone and welcome back to the Bundesliga show brought to you by Over the Bar with your hosts, myself, Rory Petrie and Mark uh, Broadhurst from Nuremberg. I was going to call you Mark Nuremberg there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Welcome back everyone. Uh, Welcome to the Bundesliga show. Um, If you're new, welcome along. If you're a regular viewer, welcome back. Um, Got another excellent uh, weekend's worth of Bundesliga action to kind of get our Get our uh, teeth stuck into lots of big results have been going on uh, over the weekend, so we're very excited to kind of just get straight into it, really. Um, just before we do, and um, go over to Mark for the anagram. Um, if you're new to the channel and you've not seen as much, but you like our content, please do click that big red button, subscribe. And if you do watch regularly and still haven't subscribed, please do so. Uh, I'm going to say it week in, week out until you all do subscribe, so please yeah, get on board and then you won't miss out on any of our shows as they're coming out more and more regularly and we're producing more and more content. So, yeah, get on board with it all. Um, so without further ado, we'll go straight over to Mark and he'll, he'll crack on with Mark's mystery anagram. Uh, we'll go through last week's, uh, the answers to last week's and, of course, this week's new one. So, Mark, over to you. Absolutely, yeah. So let's uh, let's start off by recapping last week's uh anagram yeah so let's uh, pull that back up onto the screen so it was uh, as you can see it was actually vandal rise it was two words vandal rise but unfortunately uh, nobody got it correct in either the live chat or the comments this week yeah which is a little bit surprising because some people have got some really tough ones in recent weeks i know uh, some of the managers people have been getting like really easily but i think this week to me it seemed a little bit easier but yeah, maybe maybe you guys just didn't comment in the end. But I hope some of you guys got it on the podcast as well. And it was indeed, it was Frankfurt's informed striker, Andre Silva. Yeah, so that was the anagram for week 21. So let, let's quickly push on to the anagram for week 22 now. So yeah, so remember, it has to be something related to the Bundesliga. It has to be either a player, a manager, or indeed... Um, a club from the top tier of the Bundesliga. So let's have a look at this week. So as you can see on the bottom of your screen, it's three words this week. So it's rich hiker hole, rich hiker hole. So remember, it has to be something related to the Bundesliga. I'm just going to read it a little bit slower for the people that are listening on the podcast as well. So just take a pen and write it down if you want to play for fun. And remember to interact with us and comment on the YouTube channel. So it's the first word is rich, R-I-C-H. Then it's hiker, H-I-K-E-R. Then it's whole, H-O-L-E. So that's your uh, Mark's Mystery Anagram for week 22 now. So, yeah, so let's uh, recap the week's results. So as we're filming at the moment, um, due to the United game, we had to fill a, film a little bit earlier this week because obviously Rory wants to watch uh, United. So the game is currently ongoing between Hoffenheim and Werder Bremen. So we're just going to kind of recap the eight games for, that have already finished this weekend. So let's have a look at that. 
So as you can see on the bottom of your screen, these are the results for week 22. So on Friday night, we had another win for Wolfsburg, 3-0 away in Bielefeld, who got that. I just wanted to mention they got that amazing 3-all draw against Bayern the week before. We didn't cover yeah. that game night one but credit for that one they were probably a little bit leggy going into this game i would imagine which is why perhaps they didn't compete as well as they would have wanted then moving on to saturday we had a one nil win for stuttgart in cologne we had a 2-1 win for mainz in gladbach then the big game of the weekend finished 2-1 to frankfurt over bayern the title race is back on. <laughs> then, yeah, we had a, a, a win, the first win in a good while for Union away in Freiburg. They got a 1-0 win. Then the late kickoff on Saturday was the Riviera derby, wasn't it? And it was yet another battering for Schalke. It seems to happen almost every week, doesn't it? They lost 4-0 at home to Dortmund, who had a great result midweek in Seville. So perhaps they were buoyant after that one. Then moving on to Sunday, there were actually three games. There was a one-all draw between Augsburg and Leverkusen. And then Leipzig, with a little bit of pressure on the back to close the gap, met the pressure with a very, very comfortable 3-0 win at massively underperforming and hopeless at home, Hertha Berlin. So, yeah, let's uh, let's get stuck in with that, Rory. Yeah. So let's start with uh, OTB's uh, featured four, which are the four games that we decided to pick that we enjoyed the most over this weekend. It was a good weekend of football, actually, this weekend. Yes. But let's start with the match that mattered the most, the match that we built up the week before as a huge game. And, yeah, two games without a win now for Bayern. I mean, it's not often we talk about that, is it? I mean, obviously, nobody expected the three-all draw against Bielefeld on Monday. And some people might have said that, yeah, that's not a good time to come into the game for Frankfurt. Because obviously, usually when Bayern don't win, they win the game after, you know. But it wasn't to be this time. And despite the fact that Frankfurt were missing Andre Silva, which was a big shock, they still got the 2-1 win. And I was really impressed with the performance, Rory. I mean, I thought this was just a great <clears throat> performance against a slightly off-form Bayern side at the moment. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, cer certainly in the first half, I've, I've not seen a team so comfortable against the champions they they genuinely work in, in complete control um chant you know creating chances at will kostic and Eunice were running a running a mock of of the buying defense really getting in behind often to be able to whip in those well kostic's kind of trademark whips of you know brilliant crosses and um again of course he he, he becomes provider for for the first goal in in the shape of Kamada's goal um that's one thing that we've already talked about on this show already actually is in terms of Kamada we want him to be in those danger areas and score more goals and fair play to him he, he's you know he's obviously produced the goods there I mean he, he almost did miss but it still went in so that's what's important um so yeah so they're linking up really well um obviously they were looking to threat um and Eunice uh obviously is a player that I've not actually seen much of him I know you've been a fan of him Mark actually since he's come to the club and yeah. I wasn't overly sure of him especially when I think when he only just came over I wasn't particularly convinced but fair play to him he's completely turned my opinion of him around he he was spectacular against against the champions on on the Saturday um and of of course, it his goal, the second goal, ends up being the winner. Um, an absolute thunderous strike, top bins, past Neuer. 
Um, how do you like that? I mean, what what a strike that was. Even had the uh, the nerve to try and lob Neuer from the halfway line. I think it was at one point. Um, very very uh, ambitious, but just goes to show how confident he is as a strike. Uh, well, attacking mid- centre midfielder, whatever you want to call him. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously minus Andre Silva, um, Jovic got the call up, and I thought he did well. Obviously, he didn't get the headlines maybe for you know, getting the goals necessarily, but I thought he broke up play within the Bayern defensive midfield quite a lot. He won a lot of balls back. He held it up quite well. Um, would, would have been the first time that he started and played a long amount of football. Obviously, he's come on and done some cameos in games where Frankfurt have effectively already won the game. Um, so it was a big, big start for him as well. And I thought he did an excellent job. Um, so, yeah, all around the pitch, I thought Frankfurt were excellent. Um, Bayern did inevitably come back into the game. Um, obviously, a good bit of play from from Leroy Sane actually to, yeah. to set up Lewandowski. Obviously, twisting and turning after even being doubled up on, he managed to sell the two Frankfurt defenders an absolute merry-go-round, basically. And obviously, it's a it's a what Lewandowski does in the right area at the right time and scores. Um, and obviously, from that point onwards, I was kind of expecting Bayern to really come. Um, come at Frankfurt with with everything they had. Um, I think Chupo Motting had a chance where he's like kind of flicked it back heel, uh, which went just past the post. But it was very much um, kind of end to end sort of stuff. Um, and then there was certainly one bit of that could have really caused a lot of uh, controversy, which I just want to quickly touch on. Um, was when Kostic managed to go through late on. I think the score was still 2-1 at the point at this time. Whips the ball across um, for the sub. I think his name was um, Ashti. Um, to basically, he looks like he's walking on to a tap-in. Um, and Alfonso Davies is tracking the run. And he starts to pull him back and starts to foul him just outside the area. And there's a bit of contact. And then, obviously, the, the player goes down in front of the goal. And we're kind of expecting a, a penalty and at least a yellow card for Davies. Um, the ref didn't give it at first. And I was expecting there to be a, th- a thorough VAR check. Um, and for me, that's criminal from the referee and by the VAR officials not to give that. That could have had a huge impact on that game. And for them not to give it, the player is fouling. Davis is fouling the player from the start at the edge of the area. He's tugging at him. He's in his line of running, basically. And as a defender, if you're the wrong side, you have to get the other side. You can't go into the striker's running lane. It's what Davis does. He brings him down by hook or by crook. And for me, that's a penalty and a red card. So I'm, I'm amazed that that wasn't given. Uh, so Bayern were lucky in that front. Um, but yeah, what, what a game of football. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the things that surprised me is, as you say, how easily, uh, obviously, Frankfurt hung on. Like when I when I saw the, the Lewandowski got the goal, I mean, it was a classic Lewandowski goal, really, wasn't it? Like the tapping from the good footwork from uh, Sane. And I kind of thought, oh, here we go again. You know, I mean, we'd seen it on the Monday night, albeit only they only got a draw in that game. But still, they were behind 2-0 and 3-1 in that game, well into the second half. And I thought we could see the same, but I think this this kind of shows the maturity of this Frankfurt side. Like I think uh, the Chupo Moting effort was at two 0 
and then I think yeah, obviously they got the goal, and then I think um, the only real chance they had was through Kingsley come on. Like I think they put a ball across and he kind of skewed it wide. That yeah. was definitely the best chance they had. But I think as you say with the penalty incident, that that had to be given. And then I think I think it was from Costage. Neuer made a really good save into the last five minutes as well. Yeah. So. I think it was still Frankfurt pushing for that third goal. And I think one thing I've been really impressed with Frankfurt is the bottle that they've shown really in some of these games. I mean, they, I think early in the season, they were giving leads away left, right and centre, weren't they? And they were leading yeah. a lot of games. And then I think they've really worked on that. Adi Hooters obviously realised, you know, if we can start holding on to these leads and we can start pushing for more goals, then we can win a lot of games. And that's yep. exactly what's happened now with nine wins in 10. And the other game was a draw. I mean, it's just an outstanding run. 28 points from 10 games. And they're not even out of the title race now, incredibly. They're only seven yeah. points behind Bayern. I mean, oh yeah, it's only on the periphery of the title race but you can't rule them out. I mean, for me, they've been the best the best side over this 10-game period in the Bundesliga, no question about that. They've battered most of the teams that they played, to be honest. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I think, yeah, it's been fantastic. But I just want to touch a little bit more on Bayern as well. I mean, I just I can't understand Hansi Flick's uh, team selection at times. I mean, this is the second game in a row that Chupo Moting started in that attacking midfield role. I mean, I... I mean, I think he's kind of a bit of a comedy, uh, like he's a bit of a terrorist hero, really, Chupo Moting, isn't he? Because, I mean, he went to, obviously went to Paris Saint-Germain, nobody yeah. could understand it. Then he goes to Bayern Munich and nobody could understand it, you know? I mean, I think he must have a really good agent in there as well. <laughs> but yeah. starting the last two games, I mean, what... The bottom line is, on the bench, Hansi Flick, he's got young Jamal Musiala, who, for me, has been really good when he's played this season. And this is, mm -hmm. I cannot understand what's going through his mind to start 30-year-old Chupo Moting when you've got a young guy who could potentially be lured away from the club if he feels as though he's not getting enough football. I, d I just don't understand that one at all, to be honest. I mean, he's come off the bench for both games, but, yeah. but what do you think about that one, Rory? Yeah, for me, it is a strange one. Um, and... It also, for me, highlights how important Thomas Muller is to this Bayern team still. Mm -hmm. um, there are lots of cries for, for Muller to be involved back in the in the national mm -hmm. setup, which I can't argue against, really. I think he's been one of their better players again this season. Um, and so, obviously, when, when he's not available, there seems to be this this gap in, in the attacking central midfield position. They've got... Uh, a good amount of wide players, obviously, that, that can fill those roles. But obviously, at, at the moment, it, it's screaming out that when they've not got a Muller in there, you would obviously at the moment he's thrown in Chupo Motting and it's not not working. Um, yeah, I mean, when you say a terrorist hero, I'm not even sure the Bayern fans would, would even go, would go that far. I think, probably, <laughs> I think they'd be crying out for Musiala to start every day of the week instead of him. Um, but yeah, I, it's very interesting. But, you know, first bit of kind of criticism that we can maybe throw Hansi Flick's way for some very strange um, decisions uh, in terms of obviously starting players. Um, they'll now obviously have to change their focus to the Champions League tie, of course. Um, and whether he changes up the team, we'll have to see to freshen it up. We, yeah, it would be interesting to see how, how they get on against Lazio, of course. Um, but yeah, obviously, it's now more of a title race, and Bayern will now have to switch themselves on more to both the, you know, the the domestic league and, of course, their European uh, ambition. So it'd be really interesting to see how they go from from now on. 
Yeah, I think there was also a bit of an element of arrogance from Bayern in this game as well. I think they were, I don't know, I, I don't want to make accusations, but I think to an extent, obviously they do have the game midweek coming up. And we have mentioned before that German teams like to rotate before they have big European games. But still, I mean, the decision to start Mark Rocker as well, I mean, it, yeah. from the young man from Espanyol, I mean, his first game against a team that have won like eight out of the nine before this game. I mean, it seems a little bit brutal, doesn't it? I mean, obviously, mm. he was hauled off at half-time for Goretzka, who was rested. For, I mean, it's incredible you can rest a, a player against a team that have won eight in nine, you know? Yeah. And Obvious, I think yeah. I think the other issue as well is the fact that uh, Alibi is getting so much game time because I think, obviously, he said he wants to leave. From what I gather, the Bayern uh, hierarchy aren't overly happy with his decision and they feel as though he's tried to kind of run down his contract a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, I mean, I know they do have injuries and COVID cases and all sorts. And I think, but I, I was a little bit surprised to see him playing centre-half yesterday as well, to be honest with you. And yeah. Obviously, Boateng with the tragic situation with his girlfriend, he was making his first um, yeah. first appearance. But yeah, I mean, things aren't right at Bayern at the moment. I think Lazio mm-hmm. are going to look at that game midweek and think, you know, we could maybe take a lead into that second leg, to be honest with you. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on to the next game, which was obviously the Riviera derby. I mean, I think most people tip that it could be a little bit closer than this, but I think we could be looking back come uh, May or early June when the season finishes. We could be looking back. This has been a pivotal week for Dortmund, to be honest with you, because, I mean, obviously they got the massive win away in Sevilla, which was really important because I think most people fancied Sevilla there. I mean, I know they're not through yet, but they're going to be big favourites now going into that second leg. And then mm-hmm. obviously hammering beleaguered Schalke here for the first win in what seems like ages. I think it's the first win in four in the league, this one. Yeah. This is going to keep their top four dreams alive. I mean, to be honest, again, it, a lot of this game for me was just typical Schalke in many ways. It was just very, very poor from them. But I think obviously the the big moment that everyone's going to remember was the the first Haaland goal, really. I mean, what a goal that was. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's just been unbelievable in these two games this week, hasn't he, Rory? Yeah, he's been he's been back to his best. Um, clearly looking much much sharper now, and and is back to the deadly strike that we all that we all know him to be. Um, linking up really well with Sancho again. Those two have got have obviously got an excellent thing going on between the two of them. Um, yeah, obviously before I maybe talk about um, Haaland's impacts. Uh, as you rightly said, shout. It was a quiet game for the first 30, 35 minutes. Sancho had an early chance after about five minutes. But other than that, it was a bit tepid um, and it was just a battle of midfield. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, about a few minutes away from getting into half time and nil nil Schalke dithering around with the ball in, well, just outside your own area, lose the ball. Obviously, Sancho gets onto it and finishes really well uh, past Farman. 1-0, that's obviously a confidence killer going into the half-time. Then you think, just get into half-time, 1-0 down. But then, obviously, the the clips ball in from Sancho. Haaland finds himself a bit of space in, in the area, which he shouldn't have that much space. And then, obviously, the kind of scissor scissor kick motion, um, to put it beyond the keeper, was spectacular. Um, he gets so, so much elevation, Haaland, off the ground. When you actually see how high he is on point of contact, it's... It's really impressive. His technique, the skill to do it is, is absolutely fantastic. So that obviously was the real highlight of the game. 
Um, and then second half, again, was fairly cruise control. Nice goal for Guerrero. Good one too with Royce, I think it was, um, in the area. That was a nice goal. And then Harlan got himself a tap-in from a Bellingham assist as well right at the end. Um, so, yeah, complete performance from Dortmund, I'd say. There was a couple of chances for Schalke just after half-time at 2-0. Um, there was one for Serdar where his effort hit the post. Um, and then Hummels, again, with a typical kind of mental moment, uh, frazzled brain, it seemed, lost the ball inside the area and Hoppy managed to get onto the ball and his his effort was, was saved, actually. And fair play to Hits, who actually had a good game, I think it's fair to say. Um, so it could have been different if it maybe got back to 2-1. But, of course, obviously, there are only ifs and buts in, in football when you, when you kind of talk about those things. So, yeah, Schalke obviously now, you know, got to be... I've got to be facing um, the facts of, of relegation is is pending, basically. feels like a matter of time until it's mathematically kind of, you know, uh, and confirmed, basically. And um, for a friend of friend of the show, I think Greg, who, who runs the Schalke UK Twitter account, I've seen a lot of stuff from him lately. And he's been basically kind of saying that from, from henceforth, this should be a pre-season going into... And looking at next season, so you're prepared for it. And I completely agree with that, actually. It's a really good point. They should just use the rest of the season now to see who's good enough to play a, a good level of football, who's not going to be there, get rid of them straight away. Look at the setup. Obviously, there's going to be lots of uh, lots of change in the entire club structure, I think, uh, by the looks of it as well, going into the summer. So, yeah, if Schalke don't get their affairs in order, they could be in for a real shock. Um I tweeted from my account saying it, it it felt quite sad actually because it feels like it could be the last the last Revier derby for quite some time. Um, it would be a real shame if we don't see something that's such a great derby with such great history with fans in again whenever that may be. Like obviously it's not going to happen next season, so who knows when we'll we'll next see one? Uh, obviously maybe apart from cup draws. So yeah, slight a slight sad tinge to it for me. I feel. Yeah, and I think it is a blow for the Bundesliga as well, the fact that Schalke's relegation is pretty much pending. I mean, you can never say never. I mean, they are only nine points away, but I mean, well, it's more like 10 with the goal difference. And I mean, when you've only won one game in like 14 months, it's just not going to happen, is it? Do you know what I mean? It's And obviously, some of the other teams improving as well in that kind of relegation area. But yeah, I mean, it's just, I just wanted to mention a couple of other things related to the team news. I mean, obviously, regarding Dortmund fans, they've been calling for Dahu to start for a long, long time. I mean, we've mentioned that Bellingham hasn't, I don't want to say he hasn't done it because, I mean, he's a very young guy. But for me, he's had too much game time at too young. And I think a guy like Dahoud is probably overall a better player at the moment. I mean, obviously, he came into the team against Sevilla, banged one in from 30 yards to equalise. And then another good midfield performance in this game as well. So I think, I mean, it's good to see that Dortmund fans' cries have been heard and Dahoud is back in the team. And it's been two really good performances for him. And I was also happy to see Bellingham come off the bench and get that assist as well. So it proves that um, he is he has got character, you know, dropped for the last couple of games, but still he's back in there. And it's good to see him uh, getting that assist. So it, it proves he does have character as well with a good uh, substitute performance. But yeah, I think also, yeah, I mean, a few a few other changes as well. 
Um, obviously, Brandt coming into the team, who hasn't had the best of seasons this year, but he was a little bit better in this game as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think obviously, obviously for Schalke, losing Farman to an injury as well, that was also unfortunate. Obviously, yeah. Langer coming on to replace him at nil-nil, and he ends up conceding four goals. So it just sums up their season, really, doesn't it? It's just uh, sometimes in football, it just nothing goes your way, and it's just been that way for Schalke this year. But yeah. Ultimately, they've just not been good enough, and it is it is probably going to be a shock relegation for them. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll have to hope for their sake they can bounce back, but it's not always that easy because they'll have to sell probably most of their players that are worth anything. And yeah, we'll have, they'll probably have to bring a few young players in, get a few. I'm not even sure they'll be able to keep the likes of Kalasinac, to be honest with you, because he'll be on big, big wages, you know, and probably yeah. Mustafi will be too expensive to keep. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens over in Gelsenkirchen over the next year or so. Okay, so let's move on from that one to probably the shock of the weekend, I would say. I mean, what a result this was from resurgent mindset. I mean, what a result this was. I mean, we've talked about them getting better and better in recent weeks, but I think... I mean, I said on my predictions last week that this one could be a tricky one because Gladbach seem as though, I mean, we mentioned last week that, I mean, the, the Marco Rose uh, announcement just seemed really strange to me. I mean, for me, it should have been kept quiet or they should just have let him go mid-season, to be honest. That's mm-hmm. what I would have done. And I think, uh, yeah, I mean, the season just seems to be capitulating at the minute, doesn't it? I mean, they seem to be losing week in, week out at the minute. And this was a, a really poor performance, really, against resurgent minds, Rory. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I'm obviously, I'll talk about the game in a second. I think, I obviously, just with regards to, to the Marco Rosa situation, um, I've seen lot, lots of angry reaction, obviously, to, to the, the announcement in general and, and of course, uh, the timing of the announcement and the fact that, obviously, Marco Rosa is kind of seeing out his contract for the rest of the season. Um, they've not been playing good football in general for a while now. Um, it's been thrown in the odd okay performance and win, but um, yeah, it all just stinks now of an absolute disaster of a kind of announcement and and how how Marco Rosa can stay at the club now. I really I really can't see why it would happen. If if I was Gladbach, I would ter- I would terminate that contract as quickly as I could. Um, Obviously, Marco Rosa's he's doing he's undoing a lot of the good work that he'd done with the club, which is a real shame, I think. Um, there's lots of angry fans out there, Gladbach fans, and rightly so, I think, um, for the way that things have been handled. Um, so yeah, at the moment there's a big, you know, big cloud over the club right now, and things just don't seem to have been handled very well. So that's a shame. Um, and then going on to the game itself, um, yeah, Glad- Gladbach did not help themselves. Um, like the, the first goal, for example, it's just a bit of a hopeful long ball yeah, yeah. Uh, hit by Saint Saint Just. Um, sorry, <clears throat> tickly throw there. <laughs> um, so a long ball just goes <laughs> goes a long way as well, and uh, you just expect Gladbach defence to kind of eat it up um, and you know head it away, but they allow the ball to bounce and and then the striker on on Siwu is strong enough to hold off the defender and get off a really good effort actually on the half volley, a clean hit into the, the side netting and in or even off the post um, to make it 1-0. And they looked really dangerous, to be honest. Um, I think Salazai um, ha- had a good chance as well. Uh, 
yeah. Sal, yeah, Salzai. Um, before um, or just after, actually, there was a, a few different controversial moments. Um, the Mines keepers enter probably got away with one as well uh, as he gave away a penalty. I think it was after he tripped Neuhaus after dropping a regulation catch. But in the build-up, luckily for him, the player was offside, so we got the decision got reversed. Uh, so that was a bit of a let-off for Mines. The equaliser came from who else? Captain Fantastic uh, in the in the in the shape of Lars Stindl. He's been there. Well, I mean, it's not been a good season, but without his goals, they would have been further down the league um, for sure. And then, yeah, I mean, the last goal, Miser, uh, you know, with a team that was showing the ambition to go out there and, and try and try and win the game late on with a few minutes to go. Obviously, the ball kind of falls at a narrow angle, uh, like an acute angle for, for Stolger to, to come on to really nicely and smash it home. Uh, it's an excellent finish, to be fair to the to the player. So that obviously ends up being the winning goal. Um, I mean, Gladbach certainly did have their chances. It, it's, it's still too easy to get in behind the Mines defence. It's still too easy to create chances. So they will need to address that. They've picked up some amazing wins and points and now they're well back in it, but they still need to address that. Um, but there just seemed to be no confidence in the Gladbach ranks in terms of finishing off those chances. Plie just... Uh, there was one chance for Plie where he got around the back. He seemed to take too long and then just smash it into the side netting. Never looked like he was going to score to me. Um, so, yeah, I'm obviously things are not going well at, you know, at the top end of the club. And then when, when the players aren't producing the goods either, it, it really leads to a bit of a toxic atmosphere, I can imagine. Um, so that's obviously not good. From the Mines' point of view... Uh, what, what a comeback it's been. I think pretty sure that you and me, Mark, were writing them off about a month yeah, and a half yeah. ago, six weeks ago. And at that point, I think it was fair for us to say that. Um, but right now, they have really opened up a really exciting looking relegation race right now. Um, obviously, they're just a point off the relegation playoff place, which Bielefeld currently hold. Then there's, of course, Hertha Berlin, uh, uh, Cologne, and then maybe Augsburg and Werder can probably contemplate that they may be just about out of reach but their fans probably won't think that so we've now got an excellent race at the bottom end of the table fantastic race in terms of who's going to make that top four spot for europe and the title races back on so it's been a good uh kind of set of fixtures and results this weekend for the bundesliga in general yeah, I would totally agree with that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Kevin Schroeder as well, an interesting point is that he banged in the 95th minute equaliser in Leverkusen last week, and then he banged in again off the bench, and he banged in the 86th minute winner this week. So he, I think going quite a lot, I mean, just from his boot, from his two finishing finishes, that's earned them three extra points this season already. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's pretty decent. Mm. But, yeah, I mean, I think... As for Gladbach now, I mean, obviously the nine points adrift of that top three spot, top four spot, sorry. I mean, it's looking very unlikely. And I just think, I mean, I think it's going to be a really interesting story to watch between now and the end of the season. Because I think, I can see if they get battered at Man City on Monday, I think he might either get fired or resign, to be honest mm -hmm. with you. I really do. 
and I can see potentially Rosa going to uh, Dortmund before the end of the season. That'll be my prediction at the moment, because I know the Gladbach fans are absolutely livid with the situation. I think the way you put it, like they're a bit annoyed, is probably an understatement. <laughs> but I know a lot of Gladbach fans, they just want the guy out of the club basically now. Yeah. And I can understand why, because it does seem very unprofessional. I mean, we don't know all the ins and outs of it, but it, it does seem a poor situation. And I think also from the Gladbach board, I mean, I don't understand understand why they didn't just let him go and get a lot of compensation to be honest yeah he would have been able to demand more compensation mid-season than at the end of the season so i mean it's going to be a very interesting point because you've got to remember in the cup they play each other as well i think in like two weeks or three weeks so yeah that's for me really interesting. yeah sorry for, for me it, it feels like when that game comes around marco rosa cannot be in the gladback hot seat it just yeah. feels wrong at this point yeah so i mean i'd be shocked if he was still there then yeah, yeah. I mean, Man City are going to be absolutely rubbing that. I mean, they don't really need any more luck than the way they're playing at the moment, but they're going to be rubbing their hands together next week ahead of going yeah. to Gladbach. I mean, I think we could see a hammer in there, to be honest with you, and I think it could end uh, Marco Rosa's reign in shame, really, in some ways. I mean, obviously, back in the league, they've got Leipzig next week away from home. It's hard to see them getting anything out of that, so... I mean, it could it could get worse before it gets better for Gladbach. Yeah, I mean, obviously the other point is, are they going to start trying to take players as well from Glad from Gladbach when with Dortmund? Because I mean, there's a lot of good players at Gladbach, especially in the midfield positions. You know, like Kramer, recently German international, Neuhaus is highly rated. Even Stindl, I think they could, even he wouldn't. I mean, I know he's, I think he's about 30 or 31 now, but still, yeah, I mean, he's very, he's a leader, you know, I mean, he's got a lot of experience and I think that's what Dortmund could perhaps do with. So it's going to be very interesting going forward, really, that's for sure. Okay, so let's move on to the last featured game, which is the other informed team along with Frankfurt, which is obviously Wolfsburg, who got a very, very comfortable win against Bielefeld. I mean, I think, to be honest, this was really, really comfortable. Obviously, Renato Stefan getting a couple of goals. He's been really on form in recent weeks as well. Mm -hmm. I think I'll go as far as saying this was as comfortable a Bundesliga win as you're going to get, really. I mean, it just seemed like very comfortable for most of the game. I get the feeling that Bielefeld were perhaps a little bit leggy from the game on Monday night. Obviously, it was a, a snowy pitch as well. So I think that were probably taking its toll on the legs as well. I think this could have been a case of good fixture timing for Wolfsburg. But yeah, mm -hmm. they look, I mean, their defence is just absolutely on fire at the moment. Only 19 goals conceded in the 22 games. Yeah. Second best defence in the league after Leipzig, who've only conceded 18 in the same number of games. Mm -hmm. Rory, uh, what did you make of this one? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it, it was one of the most comfortable uh, victories of the weekend, I think. Um, and yeah, uh, everything that you've alluded to in terms of timing of the fixture. Wolfsburg, obviously, this season, not in Europe as well. They can really concentrate on what they're doing in the league. Armenia would have given so much to that to that impressive 3-3 draw with the champions. Um, so, yeah, it would have obviously taken a lot out of their legs in, in general. Um and yeah, I mean, there were some good goals as well, to be fair. Um, obviously, a uh, good bit of play from, from Gerhard after he got put in, in behind the defence, which were probably playing a bit too high, really. Um, and, and Stefan gets on the end of it to finish well. Um, the second goal was obviously a bit of a keeper error, unfortunately, for, from the very impressive Ortega Moreno this, this season. He's been um, a really important aspect to why Bielefeld have got as many points as they have. 
Um, but unfortunately, he spilled it, and Stefan is, is there on hand to tap in. It's killed the game, and then, um, I mean, we've seen some nice goals already that, uh, this weekend, obviously in the shape of Haaland, but I think Maximilian Arnold's goal is, is a mm. superb strike as well. A little one-two with their course on the area, and then just bends it in beautifully. Uh, he's got a, a lovely... Uh, touch when it comes to striking a football and that was a lovely way to to end what was a an important and another very good uh, three points for Wolfsburg um I mean obviously we're talking about a title race and, and the race for top four um you know Wolfsburg are, you know they're in third as a result of goal difference so they're I mean they're well in the conversation as well if they can keep this form up as well um it's really well, at the moment, the top four is really well established because of the form of Leverkusen and Dortmund and, and Gladbach as well. At the moment, the top four looks settled to me, um, unless things really kind of go the wrong way for, for Wolfsburg or, or Frankfurt. But I can't see that at the moment. So for me, the top four is the top four right now. Um, but obviously, we'll have to see that um, uh, maybe change over the course of the rest of the season. But Impressive win for Wolfsburg. They go marching on. Bielefeld, of course, have got that game in hand still um, and will be looking to pick up points uh, in due course. If, if you offered them one point from these two games against Wolfsburg and Bayern, they probably would have taken it, to be frankly honest. So I'm sure they can concentrate on other bigger games to come. Yeah, I mean, they, they just need a good fix, you know. They seem to have had a really, really brutal run of fixtures. Only. Obviously, the only winnable game they've had recently was the Werder Bremen and it got cancelled. He got postponed. So I think that, that postponement came at a really bad time for them, I think. But I think before that, they had like, I think they had Leipzig and a couple of other. And then obviously they got Dortmund next week as well. So it just doesn't get any easier for them, does it? It's a tough league when you're not getting many wins. But yeah, they do have enough to believe. But I just want to talk about this Wolfsburg defence at the moment. I mean, this is just, they just don't concede goals, do they? I mean, Brooks is just an absolute monster at the back, isn't he? And he seems to be getting more and more confident. He seems to be able to bring the ball out from the back. I mean, I really like Lacroix as well. I think he's a really good yeah. partner. I mean, we've mentioned before Castile's the goalkeeper as well. It just seemed, for me, this this Wolfsburg side, I think they're really benefiting from the fact they don't need to play in Europe as well, because it's the same mm -hmm. team every week at the moment. Yeah. You know? The same week, Schlager and Arnold in that central midfield, and they've got obviously Baku, Baku who's come good in recent weeks. Yeah. And then they've got quality to bring off the bench. I mean, Brekalo, who before this run was probably one of their key players, and he can't get in the team at the minute. Yeah. You know? Bielek as well. Bielek, the, the Polish mm -hmm. international, is another highly rated midfielder. Mm -hmm. And I just think yeah. that there's a lot of reason to believe they can get that top four. I mean, they might not have to do that much because teams like Leverkusen and Dortmund are probably going to keep dropping points for as far yeah. as things go. If you look at the last 12 games, maybe six, seven wins is probably going to be enough. You know, I would even mm -hmm. go as far as saying that six wins will be enough at this point. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see their form to the end of the season. Okay, so that brings an end to our uh, featured four. So let's uh, move on to the rest of the game. So, yeah, I think the most interesting then was probably Leipzig's 3-0 win at Hertha. I mean, obviously, a lot of pressure coming into this game. They had the chance to close that gap to two points. I mean, this is a team that they have an unbelievable record. I don't know if you know about this, Rory, but the record at Hertha is unbelievable. Like, they won six, the last four visits have been 6-2. 5-0, and then this is two 3-0s in a row now. So I think Hertha Berlin are going to be happy to see the end of Leipzig at the Olympiastadion, Rory. 
Yeah, absolutely agrees. Yeah, they, this was um, yeah a very big fixture for Leipzig because they would have had to have come off the disappointment from the game against Liverpool, um, a game in which they weren't necessarily outclassed but shot themselves in the foot for their two goals they conceded and would have to react really well. But of course, they would have been buoyed by the result on Saturday. And so obviously this game was huge. If they didn't take advantage of it, then of course... I mean, then you'd be completely gutted as an RB fan if you didn't make the most of, of buying, dropping rare points. Uh, it was a very professional performance. Sabitzer thought was really good. Obviously, he opens the scoring with a delightful effort. And that's kind of the, you know, the catalyst to go on and relax into the game for them. Obviously, a hurtable inside, low on confidence, um, you know, just... Obviously, you know, the, the signing of Kadira, obviously he couldn't do much today either. He started and was eventually substituted. Um, so even his impact couldn't help Herter on this occasion against a, a very confident and strong-looking RB side. I liked the look of their team selection a lot more today. Uh, we saw Huang get a start. He looked lively against Liverpool, actually. And uh, Paulson also got the nod. Um, so... Yeah, title race is well and truly back on. It's fantastic to see. Um, we, we, I think, as two Bundesliga fans, are quite worried that it would just be a, a formality this season. Um, but going obviously going into match day 23, uh, we've now got a, a title race again, which is fantastic. Um, so we will watch uh, very closely and, and hopefully be uh, treated with lots of uh, excellent games at the top end of the table, not, of course, foregoing the uh, the clash between RB and, and Bayern Munich, I think, around April time. So that could be very tasty indeed. Yeah, I think for Leipzig now, they've just got to try and keep keep uh, within three points going into that game, really, haven't they? Because I think like if they, if if they have the chance to overtake Bayern, as, if they win that game, I mean, it's going to be like they go favourites to win the title from that point, you know? So, mm -hmm. I mean, they've just got to keep going. They are within a title race. For me, there's still four teams. I wouldn't even completely rule Frankfurt and... Uh, uh, Wolfsburg, Wolfsburg out, yeah, seven points adrift, and I think Bayern they, they they have problems, you know, Bayern have problems, and I think this is definitely a chance for another team. It, but it's about consistency, you know. We, we've got to get this kind of consistency. And all three of those teams are on very good form now. Mm -hmm. I think that's four wins in a row for Leipzig after that shocking defeat in Mainz uh, at, the, at the end of January, I think it was. But yeah, I mean, they are showing some consistency now, and. Yeah, I agree with you, though. I really like the look of the starting line of this time. I do think, uh, in contrast to what I said earlier in the season, I think Poulsen does need to play for them to be at the best. I think they need that focal point. Yeah. But I think the when you saw them against Liverpool and they put Mukiele up there, they just didn't look the same side, to be honest. They, they need a bit of uh, physical strength up there. And I think Poulsen was good in this game, that's for sure. Okay, so let, let's just continue there. So, yeah, obviously we had a 1-0 win for Stuttgart in Cologne. Obviously, an, I think the main thing in that game was an amazing header for the on-form Kaladzic as well. I mean, that was an amazing header, 36 centimetres above the defender he got. Yeah, I saw that on the Bundesliga, on the Dazone coverage as well. It showed that. I mean, he can really leap that guy, can't he? So it was an amazing header, that Rory. Yeah, it was very impressive. Uh, from the usual source of uh, Souza's left boot, um, very reliable player and is a very uh, exciting player, actually, I think. So, yeah, and if, I mean, it was a bit of a, well, it's a mid-table uh, clash in terms of Stuttgart's point of view. They they just continue to, to go about their business. Um, 
uh, and get another important win. Cologne, obviously, have been improved of late, but they'll be probably upset to have not taken something away from this game, given the fact that Stuttgart probably don't have much to play for in terms of they're, they're not going to get relegated and they're not going to get a uh, top six place either. Um, so they probably could have targeted this game. But uh, yeah, fantastic header and Kalajic has been in, incredibly impressive and has really got... You know, it looks like he's got a lot about him. Looks obviously a complete threat in the air and, and has got himself a, an impressive number of goals already. So he's a bit of a, looks like a, a really good player that Stuttgart have unfolded there as well. Yeah, I think the key to this game was obviously, I think it was even and then obviously Kalazic got the goal. And then after that, I think they had two or three chances in quick succession to probably kill the game. Then obviously, uh, I think... Uh, Cologne had a shot off the post quite late on or off the bar. But I think yeah. overall Stuttgart deserved the win. I think nobody would really deny that. Okay, so yeah, also another 1-0 away win in another mid-table clash between Freiburg and Union Berlin. I was a little bit shocked about this result, to be honest. I really fancied Freiburg there, but I was quite glad to see my boys Union get back to winning ways. And I think they definitely deserved it as well, Rory, for me. Yeah, I think they did, to be fair. From from what I've seen from the game, it... it was a, a game that Union deserved to win. Um, and from my point of view, I also expected Freiburg to win this, given the form of both teams. Freiburg haven't been as good lately, but uh, Union have obviously been on a really bad run. Um, <laughs> it's amazing to think that on such how bad a run of form Union have been on, that the win at the weekend has taken them to three points within sixth place. And now they're up to seventh. They've been huge winners from the fact that all these other teams have been really inconsistent. And then I remember, I'm sure I said a few weeks ago that we don't really expect them to, you know, go for, for Europe anymore, but they're three points off it. Some, somehow they're three points off, you know, a top six place, which is amazing for them. And if they can, you know, get Max Cruiser fit again, obviously he had uh, had some game time again this weekend, so that's important for them. And obviously, they're a threat from set pieces. So, if they can get themselves, you know, on another little run, then then who knows? Yeah. So, a good win for them and a much needed one. Absolutely. And then, obviously, the the other game uh, was the Augsburg v Leverkusen. Yeah. I mean, I tipped a one-all draw, so I got to take a bit of credit there. But yeah, I mean, it looked as though Augsburg. We always say that Augsburg they always get a win when they need one, and they are starting to drop a little bit closer. I mean, it's still a point game, but obviously, a ninety-fifth minute equaliser is a real blow for them, really, against a woefully off-form Leverkusen side. Uh, obviously, tap soda from a Demari Gray. Uh, uh, assists got the equaliser there in the 95th mm -hmm. minute. Do you think that's a big blow for Augsburg, Rory? Uh, I mean, strictly strictly looking at the Bundesliga um, table after that result, a, a win obviously puts them, you know, around the sort of 11th place mark on the same points as what Hoffenheim will go on to once they wrap up their win, which I think they are still doing, as obviously as we are recording still. Um, it looks like it's three 0 actually now. Yeah, so, yeah. so yeah, so that was a huge um, kind of turning point because now they're they're only on twenty three points. Which, um, if you know the likes of Hertha and and Cologne and Bielefeld um, and even Mines obviously pick up another win, that really pulls them in a lot more. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I expect Augsburg to be absolutely fine, and I think they will find this elusive win. Um, but yeah, it, it, was, it would be a devastating 
dropped two points to them. Leverkusen, I mean, you've probably just got to take it at the moment. They're still well well within a chance, but they're falling further behind the top four right now. So they need to very, very quickly find some form and, and some consistency more than anything else. Absolutely. And uh, I'll just uh, update you on this one as well. I mean, we don't often have live scores on the Bundesliga show. <laughs> uh, with 87 minutes played, it's 3-0 to Hoffenheim. So I think we can safely say that Hoffenheim have got a win there. We, we always say that whenever, when they get back into European action, they just up their form, don't they? And I mean, we've seen this has been a really good performance from Hoffenheim, who, to be honest, I think they are generally starting to get back to the usual Hoffenheim overall. And they probably since the turn of the year, they've been a much better side than what they were before the, uh, the turn of the year for me. Anyway, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that pretty much just rounds up our uh, week 22 review. So I just want to have a look at the hero and zero of the week before we finish. So yeah, um, so we'll just quickly finish off with our with our hero and zero of the week section. Um, for me, hero was quite an easy one. We myself and Mark both agreed on this that it would be. Amin Yunus uh, of Eintracht Frankfurt uh, for not only his wonder goal uh, against the champions, but his overall performance um, was really, really impressive. Some outrageous bit of uh, skills and, and bits of football. Obviously loved the, the ambition to lob Neuer from halfway as well. So, yeah, well, uh, a well-deserved hero of the week uh, for Amin Yunus. Um, and then our zero of the week um, is taking a bit of a trend right now this well even the season in recent months it's uh unfortunately it's another keeper and uh mark do you want to do you want to elude on this one yeah absolutely yeah so as you can see on the bottom of the screen it was nicholas lom of leverkusen yeah so obviously he came off the bench last week against mainz and didn't look overly convincing in the two old draw then this week he gets robbed on the ball for florian niederlechner to bang in the opener for um uh, Augsburg I mean it's just a horrible mistake again from a keeper that just I'll be honest doesn't look Bundesliga standard from the two games we've seen him so far so yeah I mean it's another goalkeeping error it's been one of those years for goalkeepers haven't it it just seems as though there's not been a lot of very good goalkeeping in the Bundesliga this year but it's good for us because it means more goals after all you know <laughs> yeah okay so yeah so that pretty much uh, rounds up our week 22 review so let's just finish with the usual let's have a look at the twitter feed so at over the bar fb if you want to check anything football related we've been doing a lot of league one shows recently i've also been uh, kind of getting involved on there a little bit as well so check that out yeah, also, we've got regular articles about a number of things, championship related, Premier League related, women's football, just about anything you can possibly want related to football. Then the other thing you can check out is our website, which is otbfootball.net, where you can see like the centerpiece of our work with Over the Bar. You can see just about everything and links to the site as well. So... Thanks for joining us again. I hope you enjoyed it. It's been a great week for the Bundesliga because uh, everything is back on, isn't it? I mean, the relegation, the title race. This is what we want with 12 games to go. So let's hope that next week brings another fantastic week of Bundesliga action. So all the best, guys. Here's all.